it is necessary to investigate before legislating. But the line between investigating and persecuting is a very fine one. The investigators tell us it seems the suspect was going to pass them, then turned and fired. Christine, Laura, what you're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations. Arise to support the impeachment of President Donald J. Trump. And I'm about to talk to him about allegations that he was involved with prostitutes in Moscow and that the Russians taped it and have leverage over him. Welcome back to Information Operation. We have a really interesting show today and uh, a really important show. And we have three distinguished gentlemen. First, General Rod Bishop, Lieutenant General, retired U.S. Air Force. Uh, Dr. Scott Sturman, who's also an Air Force Academy grad, and Attorney Mike Rose is the same. So the issue is the vaccine mandates for cadets and what the controversy controversy that's swirling around that right now. General Bishop, can you give us an overview of uh, what's going on? And we'll go from there. Sounds great, Todd. I'd, I'd love to. Um, so this issue obviously raised its head well, pretty close to a year ago when the vaccines uh, were, were coming out. And there were a number of members of STARS who were suggesting that a mandate, prospective mandate, it hadn't been mandated yet, but the prospective mandate uh, was really a sign of radicalism. And uh, it caused quite a stir within the STARS board of directors. In fact, we debated it for uh, two consecutive staff meetings that took up most of the staff meetings because a number of us, myself included, are, are former commanders. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we always stood out in front of our, our airmen, in my case, and said, hey, it's, it's time to get the flu shot. It's, it's time to, you know, bend over and uh, before we fly into Saudi Arabia here during Desert Storm, uh, get vaccinated for anthrax. And so there was some resistance. Uh, Early on, the ones that put the big welts on your butt, (laughs) (laughs) six of them. Yeah. So, um, anyway, as as things as time progressed, you you could see. I mean, if you just would step back and look and have some common sense, that that things evolving evolving around this mandate, revolving around this mandate, just didn't seem to make sense. Um, So, first off, for example. Um, do no harm. Scott Sturman, uh, Dr. Sturman can go into this in more detail, but he educated all of us that, you know, the VAERS, which is a voluntary reporting database of uh, potential and and reported side effects of uh, vaccines, uh, that this, this particular vaccine was showing more harmful side effects than all the other vaccines since 1990 combined. Well, okay, do no harm. So especially with younger people, you started reading about uh, myocarditis and, and young men, et cetera. Um, and, and then I took a look and stepped back and, and, you know, we're starting to get more data. And we said, well, what about this risk versus reward? Uh, I mean, I, I was a wing commander during the anthrax uh, campaign to get everybody vaccinated. Uh, and I looked at it. Well, I mean, if you get anthrax, you're probably better than 90 percent going to die. In, in this particular case, what the data was showing, especially in young people, was your chance of dying from COVID were like 0. 0.000 something. And so do we really want to mandate it? And as time went on, we you know, learn about the, the religious exemptions and the seemingly um, just turning away from First Amendment rights. 
<clears throat> and then how about natural immunity? Uh, I mean, we've all seen Dr. Fauci on, on tape from uh, 2004 saying, you know, that's that's the best vaccine is natural immunity. And the Department of Defense was was just completely ignoring that, it seemed to us. <clears throat> the fact that it's an emergency youth authorization. I mean, we started seeing federal courts saying that, hey, this is under emergency use. And in order to be under emergency use, you have to have informed consent. And then we started interfacing with cadets, et cetera, and particularly cadets, some uh, airmen, <clears throat> and seeing that they really weren't being advised on the potential harms of this vaccine. Uh, then what we saw, uh, particularly in the late fall, uh, early winter, was, I don't know about you, Todd, but I have seven friends in December and January that had COVID, and every mm -hmm. single one of them had been double vaccinated boosted. Yep. So it just seemed like, gee, I mean, we're mandating this vaccine. It doesn't seem to have much effect. In other words, the disease had progressed beyond the efficacy of the vaccine that was created for a disease several variants before. And then you start to see, as we saw uh, just a few months ago, the letters that were being sent, like in the case of Air Force Academy cadets, they came back from spring break and were given uh, a letter, those who had not been vaccinated, that neither had to start a shot regimen, number one, number two, you could resign, or number three, you could face disciplinary action. And the rationale was given was, well, this is important for readiness. And we're going, well, wait a minute, we've been through two years. There really hasn't been any impact on the readiness. And it's talking about cadets deploying. You know, again, it just didn't seem to us to make common sense. So in the end, when <clears throat> the board voted on it, I mean, I think our collective uh, assessment it was, it was voted unanimous that we make this uh, a, a statement and an agenda item for STARS, that STARS was going to actively uh, oppose this mandate. And, and the reason, I think, the bottom line reason, you add all those things together, and to all of us, it seemed like the leadership is breaching the trust of, in, a, in our particular case, mostly Air Force focused, mm -hmm. the airmen that those leaders are leading. I mean, we would hear from cadets, uh, why are they doing this? I mean, it was the number one issue that people were objecting to. I went skiing a couple of months ago on a Sunday with a number of cadets and to get into the buildings on the mountain, you had to show your quote communist card. That was the word that they, they used for the vaccine card. Jeez. So it's created a lot of distrust. It's created divisiveness where we think none is, uh, is, is really needed. So with that, Scott, let me turn it over to Dr. Sturman. Well, thanks Rob, you pretty much said it all. Uh this situation, we wanted to look at this from a, a objective, uh, non-emotional standpoint to try to uh, inform the public, uh, try to get the academy to uh, to listen to uh, uh, to really what uh, what the disease is all about and what the vaccinations uh, uh, how they can affect people. You know, not only affects the cadets that have religious exemptions or medical concerns, but also the ones that uh, th that were vaccinated. Uh, we've all been in the academy. We know a lot of times that it's a, it's a quite a hierarchical situation. Uh, you, you generally do what you're told, keep your head down so you don't get in any more trouble than, uh, th than you should. But that being said, sometimes that can uh, uh, violate some of the informed consent 
rules of medicine that are that are imperative. Uh, let me go back to uh, just give you a brief uh, background of, of COVID and where we are now. Uh, when the disease came out basically two years ago, we we're well aware that it spared young people. And most of the morbidity and mortality involved uh, the older cohort, uh, people usually over uh, over 80 years old where the death rate was the highest, or people with a lot of uh, uh, medical conditions, obesity, diabetes, high blood pressure, so on and so forth. So we really had a silver bullet at that time because we understood that uh, cadets, uh, who are 18 to 22 years old, uh, were, were generally spared uh, from uh, the ravages of COVID. Uh, they generally had uh, mild disease. Uh, they developed natural immunity. Uh, the natural immunity was, uh, was really is the gold standard of immunology. And we knew at this time that uh, not only did the natural immunity involve uh, the antibody function, but also memory B and T cells, which gives long, uh, a long uh, uh, immunity from the disease. And we knew that from the initial uh, uh, SARS-CoV-1 that came out uh, uh, in the early 2000s that uh, people even to this day have uh, long-standing immunity uh, almost 20 years out. So it was uh, a godsend. Uh, we knew at that time that uh, the cadets would not get sick, uh, that they would get natural immunity and they would be uh, actually the best assets for their commanders because they would not have to worry about being vaccinated or being uh, becoming sick again. Now, it appears that uh, that the administration and the medical advice that they're getting, it's, it's sort of synonymous with the generals fighting the last war. Uh, keep in mind, this COVID's been out for over two years now. This vaccine was developed against the original strain or variant of the uh, of, of the virus. So at that time, that uh, virus had a very distinct antigenic uh, complex. And that uh, those mRNA viruses, which are produced by Pfizer and Moderna, were manufactured exclusively for this. Now, the one issue about this virus is that uh, the uh, it was designed against the spike protein. And unfortunately, the spike protein is the one that tends to mutate the most quickly. And that's what we've seen over the last two years. Really, the virus two years ago is uh, has a lot of dissimilarities compared to one what we have now. So Omicron is an entirely different type of uh, a beast than what one had when one was dealing with the Alpha variant. So what cadets now are affected with? They are being uh, compelled to get vaccines, vaccines that uh, don't keep them from getting COVID, don't prevent the spread don't do anything as far as uh, mitigating hospitalization or death. And this really is an exaggeration. I was talking uh, with, with Rod uh, a few weeks ago and sharing an email about uh, one Air Force officer was saying, well, of course, I mean, people could die if they didn't get it. Well, yes, you could, but that's such an exaggeration and so abstract. It has nothing to do with these young people that are in their late teens and early 20s. Their chance of having an adverse effect with this Omicron variant, which is primarily an upper respiratory infection, is, is virtually zero. So it has nothing to do at all with, with the medical benefit. So that le leads us into, uh, into the argument about what a military physician's obligation is. And theirs really is they are the last stronghold to protect people uh, from getting medical uh, interventions that aren't necessary or that may uh, eventually harm them. Uh, there's an adage that's really called you know, that excessive care 
is really deficient care. And requiring people to get more care than they need, it, particularly if there's any fraud involved as far as hiding what the side effects of a medication is or an intervention, that that is, a, that is, is medically unsound and it's actually immoral to do that. We had some trials in the 1940s, if I remember about that. Yes, there were. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. it's interesting when you go back uh, all the way. We often you hear this Nuremberg Code cited, but mm -hmm. uh, there was also a precedent there that uh, came from the German medical uh, establishment in the early 1930s that basically uh, stipulated uh, certain laws and rules that protected people from having certain medications administered to them without their consent. Now, that mm -hmm. consent must also involve alternatives, and that person has the ability to go ahead and deny those alternatives. That's their that's basically their their right right to do that. So it can take us all the way, like you were referring to, Todd, to the Tuskegee experiments with syphilis, mm -hmm. also to uh, 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 even with uh, with Dr. Fauci when he was involved with the uh, uh, with AZT and all that AIDS epidemic with the AZT. Yeah. Also denying uh, patients uh, just the antibiotic Bactrim, which was so helpful in pneumocystis carni, which was a uh, side effect that uh, that people that had uh, AIDS uh, received. There's much pushback from him on that issue, yeah. and a lot of what we're seeing right now. So if we take yeah. it up to date right now, we're really looking at a vaccine uh, that uh, doesn't last very long. So if if um, if you are asked to get a booster, particularly a young person, that's really going to provide no benefit. If there were any benefit at all, this uh, virtually within four months, it, it's all it's it's all. And you're loading your body up with spike proteins, and they have no idea the long-term consequences of that, as far as you know, autoimmune cancers, whatever. Well, that, that's a good point that you bring up because when this uh, when. It was a rush to judgment, really. And mm -hmm. I understand, I mean, there was an emotional time here, but there was a pushback and, and the, uh, the, the vaccine was really uh, offered to the public within uh, uh, was the, the, the blinding was limited within four months. Uh, mm -hmm. There were no pregnant women that were subjected, no children. And basically uh, the public or the politicians sounded, they, they wanted a vaccine and they got it. So the problem with that is, is that we did not have the time to see if some of these adverse side effects could occur over the long run. Now, what we're seeing right now are some labs primarily done in vitro studies, mm -hmm. studies not in live human beings, but you've, you've heard about the DNA being able to be, uh, uh, the RNA rather being able to be uh, translated back into DNA in the cell, uh, perhaps mm -hmm. certain uh, uh, spike proteins or nanoparticles within the ovaries and testes that could affect the reproductive capability of people. Really, the jury's out about this. But, yeah. it's, but it's, it's something about if you're a young man or woman, you're an Air Force cadet, you want to have mm -hmm. a family later on. You know, it's a big part of life. You know, it's, it's the essence of living to have, have your family and to have, have your fertility affected, perhaps because we were too quick to force people to take these vaccines. That's a serious consideration particularly when there's no benefit with this vaccine at all. And the boosters are what really could hurt people is what I have read is if, if the academies start forcing the boosters, I mean, that's keeping this in your body for a long period of time. But anyway. well, 
what we're seeing, and I, I think Dr. Malone talked about this, is that uh, the way that the, the particular uh, uh, vaccines and, uh, and boosters are designed, that uh, they originally touted to just last uh, just for a very short period of time, you know, on the order mm-hmm. of hours. Now that they found that, uh, that uh, there's evidence that this can be found in the body, at least at last I've heard, up, up, to, up to 60 days. So that's yeah. concerning. Uh, you also know, remember, and I, I was also, uh, I thought I was up on this, but uh, uh, when I took my first uh, vaccine, uh, I was under the impression that uh, the vaccine did not cross into the brain or into the central nervous system. It's shown to be that that's not true. Right. And we were also told that the Moderna and the, and the, and the Pfizer vaccine were virtually identical. They weren't. The Moderna uh, vaccine- Much more powerful, yeah more powerful and things like this. So one has to be uh, be careful. And then you see the pushback that we've seen about you were talking about Dr. Wolf looking at the Pfizer mm-hmm. data about all the the, the, uh, the, the litany of, uh, of evidence that uh, that they had during their trials that uh, they weren't forthcoming with, uh, with showing yeah. that. That's also a great concern. Now, uh, Rod did talk a little bit about VAERS. I wanted to talk just something just briefly about that because it's been criticized because it's a voluntary voluntary type of, uh, of study. However, keep in mind, it's when you take, uh, take millions of people that, uh, that go ahead and contribute to a system, that it generally does paint a picture of what is what's happening within this particular population. And the... The important part about that, and again, is what was brought up with Rod, is that uh, that there have been more adverse effects when two years from these vaccines and all other vaccines combined since 1990. So that in itself should provoke some curiosity on the part of the uh, of the major uh, medical associations and, uh, and regulatory organizations to look into this. Uh, it was interesting within the last couple of days that the GAO came out with a report that uh, that these organizations like CDC and, uh, and and the FDA, they really have no internal mechanism to keep politics out of right. out, out of the medical decision making. This is quite concerning. Well, we've been very involved here at CD Media with uh, the Vaccine Safety Research Foundation with Steve Kirsch and also Children's Health Defense with Bobby Kennedy and working with them to get this information out. And one of the interesting points is that the CDC itself on its website says the VAERS is underreported 42 times. So they initially wiped out about 10,000 deaths. So I think it reads around 10 to 15 now. So you're at least at 25,000. So then do the math that that's 42,000. 42 times underreported, um, you can see how many deaths were likely in the U.S. from the vaccines itself. Uh, fascinating. Um, and all of this data needs to come out. I would recommend people get Bobby Kennedy's book, uh, The Real Dr. Fauci, and read it because it gives a real baseline on all this stuff. But um, anything else you had, doctor, do you want to discuss? Uh, that's uh, th- th- that's basically it. some good news today that uh, that Denmark decided that announced as of yeah. the 15th. 50- May that there'll be no uh, no vaccinations within the country. Uh, they have good data. I think they understand that uh, the, the disease has progressed, so it's basically a mild upper respiratory in, in, uh, uh, disease, and that the vaccines really provide no help. And uh, there's that uh, can of worms about uh, what are those side effects going to be until we investigate it more clearly. Well, this the purpose of this, of this call is to really focus on what's going on on our main concern, which are the cadets at the Air Force Academy and the other service academies, 
Uh, Mike Rose as an attorney has been heavily involved. I know firsthand with a lot of these guys dealing with this issue. Give us an up-to-date, Mike, on what's going on and how we can help these cadets. There is a, another dimension to uh, this COVID vaccine mandate issue that I don't think is adequately considered, certainly by the government, and that is the legality. I disagree 100% with Dr. Fauci's notion that the court should not be telling the CDC what to do. The Center for Disease Control and all government the military has no more authority than is granted by the Constitution and by federal statutes. They cannot exceed that authority. And the way our system is designed is that individuals are free to make their own decisions uh, except for whatever the law specifically provides. That attitude is what has got us where we are now. Uh, there are two federal court decisions that have issued injunctions uh, prohibiting the military from punishing members of the military for not taking the COVID vaccine when people have applied for exemptions. One is the appeal case that has been in Florida. That has been granted class action status applying to everybody in the Navy just this past week. An Air Force Academy cadet with uh, injunction, temporary restraining order in that case to prevent the Air Force Academy from expelling that cadet for not taking the COVID vaccine due to his religious exemption application. In Cincinnati, uh, a federal court in Cincinnati, uh, a court issued a preliminary injunction prohibiting the Air Force from uh, punishing the members of the Air Force who were the plaintiffs in that case for not taking the COVID vaccine when they have religious exemption requests that are pending. I happen to know, uh, well, first of all, a motion to create a uh, certify that lawsuit as a class action for members of the Air Force is pending, has not been ruled upon yet by the judge. But I happen to know that uh, very soon, more than 200, 200 new individuals will be added as plaintiffs. Uh, asked, the court will be asked to add as plaintiffs in that lawsuit. And hopefully that will uh, result in a uh, certification of that lawsuit as a class action. Now, why would these two federal courts uh, issue injunctions stopping the military from punishing people from not taking the COVID vaccine? Are they just uh, out of their league interfering with the superior judgment of the military or are they enforcing the law? Well, the courts found in both cases that two laws were being violated. One is the First Amendment uh, of the Constitution regarding uh, religion. Uh, but secondly, it's something that uh, called the Military Freedom Re uh, Restoration Act. And uh, excuse me, the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. Uh, the Religious Freedom Restoration Act is a federal statute that is actually more stringent than the uh, First Amendment of the Constitution and gives protections to uh, people from the government interfering with their religious convictions. Now, in both these cases, the courts found that the military did not process the applications for religious exemptions in good faith. They were shams. Um, and I'm going to give you two 
examples of why that conclusion uh, was uh, drawn or could be drawn. One is that thousands of exemptions have been given by the military to taking the vaccine for uh, medical reasons or religious reasons. Those people with those exemptions are not vaccinated. They're in the military. They're being deployed. They're functioning just fine. So if you can function in the military without the COVID vaccinations, uh, if you have a uh, medical or administrative exemption, why can't you function uh, in the military if you don't take the COVID vaccine because you got a religious exemption? Obviously, you could. But virtually all of the religious applications have just been uh, denied. And from the uh, individuals, uh, dozens of individuals that I'm helping, they are just boilerplate denials with a bunch of uh, uh, all saying the same thing, indicating they really haven't been examined on their merits. And in almost every case, and maybe every case, the chaplains say their uh, religious views are sincere. So who is somebody else uh, to uh, overturn that? But secondly, uh, what made a huge impression to me, probably more than anything else, is that last January, uh, U.S. Senator Ron Johnson held five hours of hearings about the COVID vaccine. And during those hearings, two lawyers testified they had affidavits from three military doctors, two of whom are lieutenant colonels, attesting that there were uh, severe increases in disease among military members based on the military's own data. It's called DMED, D-M-E-D data. And that that data had not been disclosed properly and actually been falsified according to them, uh, or at least misreported. So Senator Johnson sent a letter to the Secretary of Defense Austin dated February the 1st, 2022, pointing out these allegations and asking the Secretary of Defense to uh, respond by saying whether or not, uh, what is the correct data? And I'm pretty sure that's never been responded to. So uh, by law, every individual is entitled to reject getting the COVID vaccine uh, unless they give their informed consent. They cannot be made to get it. They cannot be punished for not getting it. And they can't have informed consent unless they're informed. So I have uh, several of my uh, people that uh, clients that I'm helping uh, send Senator Johnson's letter to the military and ask, what are the answers to these questions? Uh, what is the correct DMED data? What is the degree of severity of adverse reactions? Is this true or not? Uh, and there's never a response. Uh, mm -hmm. maybe somebody will verbally say something and, and then you always follow up on what do you base that on and they've got no evidence. So what this is is that there's discrimination the courts have found against the, the applicants for religious exemptions uh, and uh, what doesn't seem to be appreciated here is that this is uh, uh, a violation of a sacred trust by the uh, uh, people in government are required to comply with the law and enforce the law, not break the law because of their, uh, for any reason, and certainly not because of their 
political views like they don't like a religion. So uh, now I want to point out also there is a history of misinformation by the government itself. Uh, my Air Force duty years ago included dealing with uh, hundreds uh, if not thousands of applications for money uh, compensation because of severe reactions to the swine flu. In fact, back in the 1970s, the federal government called off its push to give swine flu shots because of all the severe reactions from the swine flu vaccine and the fact that the swine flu never materialized. Right here in my little town of Somerville, South Carolina, one of the town council members, now this is an African-American, who has permanent, had permanent scars on his face from the experiments made on him uh, back in World War II involuntarily. Uh, and uh, some of the people listening may have heard about the thalidomide cases. There are many examples of the, of the government miscalculating or lying or not giving correct information. Uh, Dr. Fauci, uh, for example, is so inconsistent and changing, even in a short span, that uh, not only is there a distrust of whatever the government says, but uh, the bottom line is, under our Constitution, our government, everybody's entitled to make, uh, under the law, their own decisions based on accurate information as best they can get it. And for the government to be throwing people out of the military or out of the Air Force Academy or West Point or harassing them for exercising their rights is a violation of a sacred duty and trust by the military leaders who are supposed to be complying and enforcing the law, not uh, selecting which ones they want to obey and punishing people for trying to exercise their rights. Yeah. So, so anyway, that's my um, thought here. We are lucky to live in a country where there are mechanisms, however imperfect, to enforce the law. And I'm confident as the political environment changes, and I use the word political because my conclusion is uh, all these, uh, all, all this oppression is being driven by uh, uh, ideology, ideological people in White House and uh, in, the, in the Pentagon who are forcing, uh, not because of science, not because of rationality, but because of the ideology. It's the same mentality that allows all the people uh, come across our border without vaccinations and without masks. But if you're yeah. a citizen, you got to wear a mask and you got to get vaccinated, you're going to be punished. It's obviously uh, not logical what it is that's political. And that hopefully uh, it is changing. It's, uh, and, and I think it will be rolled back. It's just a question of how much damage is going to be done in the meantime. Right. So with that, General Bishop, how, how can we help these cadets? Uh, great. So that's what I was going to jump in there. And, okay. And thanks, Doc. So um, you may have seen an article yesterday that, I mean, there's almost 4,000 soldiers, sailors, Marine, airmen, uh, Coast Guardsmen that have been forced out of the service of their country so far, almost 4,000. And uh, what I find personally disgusting is that 80% of them are going out under just a general discharge. I mean, why? For, for following the law, for following their conscience. 
-hmm. we're giving them just a general discharge, not uh, an honorable discharge. Uh, to our knowledge, there's at least 16 West Point cadets, at least 15 Air Force Academy cadets that are still uh, holding out. Uh, a number of uh, airmen, people from all the services that are still holding out. So you can see that there's the potential for many, many additional lawsuits until this is finally squared away. So uh, STARS is conducting a uh, fundraising campaign to assist these. Mike is, has already been doing yeoman's work, doesn't want a dime. But in order to uh, prosecute these cases in court, uh, we need more than just Mike Rose. We're going to need staffs, et cetera. So if you go to STARS with two R's dot U.S. and click on our donate button, you'll see now there's an option if you want to assist in the litigation. Uh, that, that goes into a, a separate fund that STARS has set aside that will be used for litigation purposes. And if for some reason uh, the light bulb finally comes on and DOD follows the, the way that Denmark is going or that United is going, inviting their employees back, uh, we'll make sure that we use these dollars in other areas uh, pertaining to legalities that we have with the Department of Defense. For example, uh, we have a lawsuit now before the department um, suing them for suspending all the boards of visitors for mm -hmm. all the service academies. Uh, we would also like to take some legal action for the 18 plus now, I believe it is Freedom of Information Act requests that have gone unanswered well past the 20 day timeline. So uh, we'll, we'll make sure that we use the dollars first and foremost to support our cadets and uh, service members who are patriotic, that want to serve, that are potentially being eliminated. And uh, again, if not, we'll use the funds to reduce the burden of government uh, that it is placing on military members. So thank you for that question. So just for our audience, the uh, STARS group is the Standing Against Racism and Radicalism in the Services, S-T-A-R-R-S dot U-S. And that's where you can find the donate button to help. Anything else, gentlemen, that you want to get out to our audience on this issue? Todd, can I just say one thing about yeah. uh, many of these cadets that are applying for religious exemptions have also uh, had COVID and antibody positive. Uh, clearly, the CDC has said that with other diseases like measles and chickenpox, that having natural immunity is a reason not to have a, a vaccination. So that's another consistency that uh, that Mike was talking about. And one further thing that the 44 states and the District of Columbia have a provision for religious exemptions when it comes to vaccines and stuff. So uh, the cadets are in a they're in a predicament and uh, they need all of our help and we sure appreciate anybody that would step up and help. It Thank looks you. like this may be an attempt to purge the military of certain people who have religious, you know, views. That's a whole nother issue. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Um, we want to do this again in the future and keep this subject out in the, out in the media's attention. So thank you for your time. Thank, thank you. Thank you.